Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie for a discount on American meat delivered. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Okay, y'all, we've got a lot to talk about today. I'm just gonna be real. We had an interview that was scheduled for this morning that unfortunately had to be rescheduled last minute. Hopefully it will be rescheduled soon. So we've kind of been scrambling the Relatable team this morning, trying to figure out what we are going to talk about. So we are going to be talking about many stories today, lots of important stories. But just so you know, this has kind of been thrown together just to give you a little insight into what is going on behind the scenes. But I knew, thankfully, there's a lot going on that I knew that I wanted to talk about. So just FYI, this is all extemporaneous commentary coming from yours truly. We're going to talk about that Ohio story that has been circulating about the 10-year-old girl that allegedly is pregnant and was denied an abortion and was made to travel to another state. And this is being hoisted up as an example by the media of the draconian nature of abortion laws and why overturning Roe v. Wade was such a terrible, terrible thing. Many of you have asked me about this story, what I think about it. We're going to go through some questions that I have that this journalist has raised as well on on Twitter um, about that story and break down why maybe it's not the best example of the argument that the media is trying to make. We're also going to talk about the story um, that was published by the star of One Tree Hill. What's her name? Hillary Burton. She reported to The Hollywood Reporter that she had an abortion, but what she says is not actually describing an abortion. And so I'm going to respond to that. And then we are going to talk about the Ellen Page, Elliot Page controversy. Jordan Peterson got kicked off Twitter for calling the person who is now calling herself Elliot Page, Ellen Page. And we're also going to react to this awesome Macy Gray clip. She was on Pierce Morgan's show. You know Macy Gray from that song in 2001 that all of us knew. And she has something to say about gender. So we're going to try to get to all of that today. It's going to be fun. Before we get into it, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That is Good Ranchers. And they've got a new awesome deal for you. As you guys know, Good Ranchers delivers 100% American meat right to your front door. They guarantee you that all of their meat is born and raised, harvested here in the United States. That's not true of the majority of meat that you are getting from the grocery store. So if you want to support American farms and ranches, which I think that we all should be, then why don't you get your meat from Good Ranchers? Then you don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, picking out the right cut of meat. You just go to goodranchers.com slash You get the seafood. You you get the better than organic chicken. You get the craft beef that you want. All different kinds of cuts of meat, a wide variety. You get it shipped on dry ice right to your front door. Then you just put it in your freezer. We've got a freezer full of Good Ranchers. It makes our life so much easier. Plus, I love supporting this company. It's owned by good Christian people, a family-owned company that has the same values that you and I do. So you can just feel really good about where you are getting your meat from. And their new deal is if you go to the site, you use my code Ali, you get $30 off your 
order. Plus, you'll get free express shipping. So go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. Use my code Allie. Get $30 off your order. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right, let's talk about this terrible Ohio story. So first of all, if a child, if a 10-year-old is pregnant, um, then there is a high likelihood that this is not just some kind of romantic interaction with uh, a boy that is her age. This is very likely that this child has been raped. And I've said this before, this is apparently a controversial position. I do not believe that most crimes um, uh, solicit the death penalty. I think that they sh- that should be reserved for the most heinous crimes like premeditated murder. But also, I think that the death penalty should be issued for the rape of a child. And I won't caveat that. I won't backtrack on that. I won't try to soften that stance. I believe that if this child was raped, which it is very likely, as I said, that she is, that the person who raped her should get the death penalty. And so by me talking about this story or being um, against abortion, that is not me minimizing the grotesque nature of this kind of crime. Like there is there is really no greater evil than the sexual exploitation and the sexual abuse of a child. So I don't want you to think that I don't take something like this very seriously. If it were up to me, the person who did this would already be on death row. So I'll just start by saying that. And that actually leads us into what is the very curious nature and the suspicious nature of this story. You've read this story in a million different outlets at this point. You know all about it, that there is an Ohio girl, apparently 10 years old, who is pregnant, who couldn't get an abortion. And you know what is strangely missing from these stories. Any talk about who actually impregnated her. There is strangely very little talk about the crime and about the person who probably raped her. There is very little talk about the responsibility on the other end um, of the person who did this to her. Isn't that strange? Like, isn't that the great atrocity that we should all be talking about here? Isn't that the first question that everyone should have? Not whether this child is going to be able to get an abortion, but who did this to this child? Like, don't you think fair and responsible reporting would highlight that? Like, wouldn't that be the lead? But as this journalist on Twitter, whose name is Megan Fox, not that Megan Fox, the journalist Megan Fox, as she points out in this long Twitter thread, the fact that that is not being talked about by these journalists who are reporting on this story is our first of many red flags when it comes to this. So I'm going to read you this thread, or at least part of this thread. It's a very long thread by this journalist, Megan Fox, who starts out her thread saying this, the story about a 10-year-old pregnant girl who had to go from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion gives me serious pause for a number of reasons. There are many red flags. I'm going to detail them here. So she says this, Number one, pregnant 10-year-old is evidence of a heinous crime against a child, but in every article, there is no mention of a criminal investigation, no police involvement, not even a town where this occurred. So there is a strange lack of specifics here. Number two, second red flag, she says, an unnamed child abuse doctor called Dr. Caitlin Bernard, so this 
supposed child abuse doctor called up Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who is an abortionist in Indiana, to ask for help, allegedly. But any doctor, this reporter Megan Fox says, who knows of abuse is actually required to call law enforcement. That's true. They are mandatory reporters. There should be a criminal investigation involving Ohio Department of Family Services and police. And again, you would think that that would be reported by the journalists who are talking about this story. Third red flag, the timing is a little too on the nose. So right after Roe v. Wade happened, this be- or is overturned, this becomes a national news story that's really convenient for the people who have been trying to push the idea that abortion is a necessary procedure that should be legalized through all nine months of pregnancy. Fourth red flag, says Megan Fox. The article was first published in the Indy Star, but in record time, was picked up by huge international press. Fifth red flag, she says, immediately used, it was used as a political weapon against Republican Governor Kristi Noem and will be used against other pro-life politicians. She is referencing an interview that Governor Kristi Noem did on um, CNN with Dana Bash. Governor Kristi Noem has also pushed pro-life legislation. She is pro-life herself. And so Dana Bash on CNN was trying to push back on her on this and used this story as a political cudgel against Kristi Noem. Again, it's a little bit too convenient. And then you've got the sixth possible red flag. Dr. Caitlin Bernard is the only source, and she has been in the New York Times participating in an anti-Trump hit piece and is clearly an activist. She has monetary stake in preserving abortion. Dr. Caitlin Bernard has been making her rounds in the media for a very long time. And again, she is the only source when it comes to this story. So apparently, all of these journalists are relying on Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who is an abortionist in Indiana, who said that a child abuse doctor in Ohio called her and told her about a 10-year-old girl who needed an abortion. That's the only source, the only verification, the only substantiation that we have. And this Dr. Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Bernard happens to have a long history with the liberal media supporting uh, so-called abortion rights. As Megan Fox um, uh, as she explains, that there is no way to verify Bernard's claim. She has doctor-patient confidentiality and no, and no one can FOIA her. Number eight red flag. Um, Jennifer Rubin used this to batter conservatives in the Washington Post and is a notorious tool for the left using this story to harm pro-lifers. None of the lawmakers, ninth red flag, Megan Fox says, none of the lawmakers, politicians, news people seem to care about the crime committed against the child. So kind of going back to the beginning here, no one is demanding an investigation. And number 10, weird thing, Dr. Bernard's first instinct was to call the media. Yes, I would say very strange, but also very fitting of the profile of Dr. Caitlin Bernard, as she has been in the media for a very long time, supporting a legislation that allows abortion or lacks abortion laws. The other strange thing here is that the Ohio law that is currently in place, and that is a ban on abortion after six weeks. It passed in 2019, uh, but there was a pause on the law, and recently a judge lifted the pause on the law after Roe v. Wade was overturned a couple weeks ago. So now this six-week ban on abortion is in place. Well, here's what the Ohio law says, specifically, quote, um, 
that if uh, the abortion, the, here's here's the exception, I should say. If it is necessary, the Ohio law says, if an abortion is necessary to prevent the death of the pregnant woman or to prevent a serious risk of the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman. That's actually a pretty big exception because that can be left up to the discretion of a doctor who could say that an abortion is necessary um, uh, according to his expertise because he thinks that it is going to injure the woman. And so the big gripe that I think everyone understandably has is that pregnancy on a 10-year-old girl, a child, would impair that child's health, would impair that child body. But the Ohio law has a specific exception for that, not just the life of a mother. That's not the only exception. The other exception is that if the pregnancy would pose a serious risk of substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman, it sounds to me like an abortionist in Ohio right now, even with this six-week ban, could justify performing an abortion on this 10-year-old girl, if this story is true. But nowadays, journalists don't even ask that question. They don't even care if the story is true. And this is also how we know that many of the activists and the journalists But I repeat myself, many of the people on CNN don't actually care about this girl. They don't actually care about her well-being. They're apparently not concerned um, with the rapist who impregnated her. They're not concerned that this person is brought to justice. They're not concerned with any sort of investigation into this or what law enforcement is doing. This is the same media who takes every opportunity to try to criticize the police where they can. Now they're not even calling on the police to try to protect this girl or other girls that could be raped by the same guy who probably raped this girl. So that means that their motives are suspect. That means the entirety of this story is suspect. So I just think that we need to be thinking a little harder. Unfortunately, we can't trust our media. They've got an agenda. They've got a preconceived notion. They've got a preconceived conclusion. And they are going to find stories, find anecdotes that will help them support that conclusion. And of course, that's not what journalism is supposed to be. You're not supposed to have a preformed conclusion. You are supposed to find the facts, allow the facts to lead you and go where they lead you. You don't even have to form some sort of editorial conclusion. That's not supposed to be the job of a journalist. And it's certainly not supposed to be the job of a journalist to be an activist and to try to change people's opinion on a certain policy. That's not supposed to be their job, but it is, which means we have a bigger responsibility to ask questions and to fact check. So I'm very thankful to this actual journalist, Megan Fox, for asking these questions and for raising these red flags. This does not minimize the possibility of this being real. It doesn't minimize the seriousness of rape, but it does call into question the motives of the people who are reporting on this, the veracity of this story not just because we're not able to substantiate it at all and we're relying on this sole source who has suspect motives herself, but also because none of these stories are even talking about what the law says that would clearly make an exception for this young girl. This is an 
I mean, this is a tough situation. This is a this is a, a tough hypothetical, of course, for pro-lifers to grapple with. At the end of the day, we believe that the baby's life, no matter the circumstances surrounding their conception and the mother's life, are equally valuable. We don't believe that the child's life is more important and more valuable than the mother's life. And we don't believe that the mother's life is more valuable than the child's life. We believe that they are equally valuable and that everything should be done when possible to try to preserve the life of both the mother and the baby. There are situations where that's not possible. An ectopic pregnancy is is one of those situations. There are situations in which The physical lives may be pitted against one another. And in that case, we believe that both lives are equally valuable. But don't fall for this emotional manipulation that this that this story is wrapped in. See it as the moral extortion that it is and just reject its premise. Another faulty part of this is that no one who is pushing the story as a way to defend their views on abortion would be willing to restrict abortion to cases like this. They're they're not interested in saying, okay, abortion should be banned except for when a 10-year-old is raped and then they should be able to get an abortion. They're just bringing this up to try to manipulate you. All of the activists that are highlighting this case to try to extort you are interested in allowing abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. And so it's it's a fallacious argument, again, to just try to um, trigger your emotions into buying into their illogical and what I think is an inhumane position, that it is okay to purposely kill a human being just because they reside in the womb. All right. We'll talk about some of these other stories in just one second. Let me pause. Let me tell you about our next sponsor, one of my favorite sponsors. I am wearing their clothes right now, and that is Carly Jean Los Angeles. I've got my favorite jeans on ever, and they're from Carly Jean. Love them so much. They're so comfortable. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it from this side angle. They're great. Wear them all the time. They are a family business that was created for women to help simplify their lives through easy, beautiful, and comfortable clothes. They've also got this new line out, uh, this basics line. Actually, it's it's not new, but they've got some new items in this particular basics line for Carly Jean Los Angeles, and they're all made locally in the United States. You guys know I love that so much. My sponsors know how much I care about that. So every time they have items that are made in the U.S., they make sure to tell me so I can highlight it to you because I know you care about it too. I love their clothes. They're high quality. They're really fashionable, if I do say so myself. They're really comfortable. You can wear it in every stage of life, every season of the year. Plus, I just love Carly Jean. I love the girl who started the company. I love their values. I feel good about spending my money there. So I really encourage you to go to Carly Jean Los Angeles.com. You can use my promo code. It's a new promo code. So listen up. It's Allie Basic, A-L-L-I-E Basic. You'll save 20% off your first order of anything in their online store, including your core capsule pieces. Make sure to check out their basics line, which is all made in America. Carly Jean Los Angeles.com, promo code Allie Basic. Okay, let's talk about this Hollywood reporter story that I saw reported on I I saw the headline on Twitter so Hillary Burton I think she was in One Tree Hill she uh she said this having an abortion after my fetus died allowed for my uterus to heal in a way that made it healthy enough to carry future pregnancies 
This is once again propaganda. How often is have we seen this propaganda over the past two weeks? A DNC that is performed after a miscarriage where your child naturally and tragically dies is not an abortion. Yes, I know the medical coding and the coding for insurance is unfortunately billed as an abortion, and maybe you should try to lobby to change that in some kind of state legislation, but it's a spontaneous abortion. Every single medical professional knows that there's a difference between an induced abortion where you are purposely taking the life of an innocent human being inside the womb and a spontaneous abortion in which your child dies inside the womb through no fault of your own. There was some kind of complication, some kind of anomaly, something caused the child to die in the womb, and then you have to remove that child. Of course, you have to remove the child. You're not purposely killing the child. You are removing the child. And some people are saying, well, it's hard to get a miscarriage now in certain states because of how these laws are written. Look, I can't verify all of the anecdotes that you're seeing on social media, the women who are saying that they are unable to get the medication that they need to expel their baby after a miscarriage because some of it is the same medication that is used um, in an abortion. But I have read the laws on the books that are restricting abortion in states and all of them Uh, explicitly say that care for a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy, the ones that I've read explicitly say that care for a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy are not an abortion and they're not restricted. So if those pharmacies or those hospitals, doctors or nurses are refusing to care for those patients, to care for those women who have had miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies, it's not the fault of the law. It might be the fault of lawyers. It might be the fault of the pharmacists. It might be the fault of the hospitals. And that's really unfortunate. And I really hope they're not doing that to try to make some kind of political point. I really hope that that is not the case. But it's not the fault of the laws, the ones that explicitly say that, hey, care for a miscarriage or care for ectopic pregnancies, that it does not fall under any kind of ban or any kind of restriction on abortion. And people, I've seen story after story saying, oh, abortion saved my life. And then you read the story and they're actually talking about just having a DNC after a miscarriage. No, police officers are not investigating the bodies of women who are having miscarriages. That is not something that is a result of these laws. If it is, like, I will be one of the first people to talk about it. If there is a law that is restricting care for miscarriage, for miscarriages, or restricting care for ectopic pregnancies, I will also, as a pro-life anti-abortion person, be standing up against that, calling my legislators and saying, look, you need to be more specific. You need to be more explicit in these laws. I also don't want those consequences. I do not want women to be mistreated or for women to die because they cannot get their miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy treatment. I also don't want that. Like uh, pro-lifers have no interest in that whatsoever. That's the opposite of what we want. So if you can point me to the specific laws that is re- that are restricting the care of miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies, then I will fight with you um, against that particular 
law or against a particular line in that law, but you never actually see the specific citations from people who are claiming that the overturning of Roe v. Wade um, is leading to the lack of care in these areas. You never see a specific citation of a specific piece of legislation that is restricting this type of care. They never cite their facts. They just say, well, this is happening. Well, show me the law that is causing this to happen. And again, I would say the timing is a little bit suspect. Doctors and nurses in all kinds of states have had to deal with some kind of restriction on abortion. So they have always had to distinguish between an induced abortion and a miscarriage. They've always had some kind of limit to abortion, at least in most states, and they've had to deal with that. So you're saying all of a sudden these doctors don't know how to distinguish between uh, abortion procedures and caring for a miscarriage or ectopic pregnancies, all of a sudden they're confused about that. All of a sudden these pharmacists are confused and are and are worried about that. There have always been laws on the books, especially in red states, restricting abortion and the kinds of procedures that you can do and at what stage. And we haven't seen this these this slew of stories about how doctors are unable to treat women who are suffering from miscarriages. So again, I just think it's very suspect. And the conflating of miscarriages and abortions is just a form of propaganda. It's a form of propaganda. And there are there's celebrity after celebrity that's coming out and that they're doing the same thing. So we have to think. Again, we have to be critical thinkers. We have to ask questions. When you have friends that bring you stories like this, before you respond, before you give your argument, Ask them. Ask them to define their terms. Ask them, what do you mean by abortion in this case? Why do you say abortion if the baby already died? I also think, by the way, this is just an aside, that it's so sad when these celebrities like Hillary Burton use the word fetus. You know they're only using the word fetus because they are talking about abortion and because they are trying to dehumanize their baby. Like, you know that depending on the stage of pregnancy, she already she already knew the gender of her baby. You know that she called this baby a baby when she was probably originally talking about her miscarriage or when she was originally talking about being pregnant. There is no difference between a fetus and a baby. A fetus is just a, a stage of development. It's just a stage of life. It's just an age. Fetus is Latin for small child, for baby. It's just another stage of of human life. And so when people try to use that to try to dehumanize a baby, you know that's just, again, a rhetorical trick to try to manipulate you. So when you see these stories, ask questions. That's the biggest tool in your toolkit. Rather than responding with an argument or feeling like you have to be on the offense, ask questions. Ask questions. Make them define their terms and cite their sources and support their argument. Remember, it is not radical to believe that it is unjust and wrong to kill an innocent human being just because of their age and size and location. That's not radical. That's a very common sense and compassion, position, uh, compassionate position. It is radical to believe that it is okay, that it is justified, that it should be legal to kill an innocent human being, a baby. That is the radical position. So they should be the ones that have to defend their position first, primarily, not you. All right. And keeping in celebrity news, let me tell you about this um, Ellen slash Elliot Page story that has taken Twitter by storm. First, let me pause. Let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day. And that is 
healthy cell. So you are probably one of the 240 million Americans who are um, who is taking a daily supplement. You're taking a multivitamin and you're hoping that it's working, especially if you're pregnant and you're taking a prenatal vitamin and you're just hoping that you're soaking up all of that folic acid, vitamin D, everything that you need. But if you're taking one of those old fashioned tablets, capsules, powders containing synthetic other ingredients, you actually might be irritating the lining of your stomach and you might not be absorbing the nutrients that your body needs. And that is why healthy cell exists. They use a different kind of technology than your normal multivitamins. They use microgel. It not only tastes great, but it has 165% more absorption than pills. It uses microgel to deliver maximum absorption. They use only natural ingredients, gut healthy ingredients like soluble fiber, citrus pectin, acacia gum, and water. It doesn't contain artificial sweeteners, flavorings, or colorings. It's even non-GMO, gluten-free, vegetarian, all that good stuff. I've taken it. I really like it. It tastes good, easy to take, especially if you're someone who doesn't like pills. You still need to get those nutrients from your multivitamin. So go to HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Use code Allie at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com slash Allie. Okay, so just real quickly, I want to touch on this story because everyone was talking about it on Twitter. So Jordan Peterson on June 22nd, he got kicked off Twitter because he was responding to some to some story about the person who now refers to herself as Elliot Page. If you don't know, this is the, the actor actress from Juno. And she first came out as, I think, bisexual. And then she came out as a lesbian. And then recently she said that, oh, no, I'm actually a man. And she transitioned. And what I mean by transition is that she had a double mastectomy. And she started, I guess, being on hormone treatments to where her body is supposed to look um, masculine. And as a lot of people pointed out, and I, I don't say this as like a zinger. I'm not trying to be mean and any way or dehumanizing because I actually have like just a lot of sadness and compassion for this person. Like she does not look well. And in case you're new here, I do use pronouns that match someone's biology. I don't go along with that delusion. I do typically refer to the person like by their new name because that doesn't force me to lie. There's some debates about that though. Some people have brought up some good points that you shouldn't even do that. But I'm okay. I'll I'll call Ellen Elliott, but I'm not going to call her he. Well, Jordan Peters- Peterson also committed this crime when he said, remember when pride was a sin and Ellen Page had just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician? Agree. Like, we shouldn't be chopping up people's bodies um, for healthy breasts and like healthy sexual organs, especially when people so often don't even know the risks and potential side effects of this kind of thing. Um, it's just, I mean, it's really sad. And then Dave Rubin got kicked off Twitter. On July 1st, he tweeted a screenshot of the notification that Jordan Peterson got. Jordan Peterson got a notification from Twitter saying, hey, you've been kicked off Twitter, suspended from Twitter for hateful conduct. And you got to delete it. And then you could, we might, you know, let you back on. And so Dave Rubin just posted a screenshot of that. And then Dave Rubin got kicked off Twitter, suspended from Twitter for posting the screenshot. Like he didn't even say anything 
about it. Well, okay, I guess this is why. He said, he screen, he posted the screenshot and he said, the insanity continues at Twitter. Jordan Peterson has been suspended for this tweet about Ellen Page. He just told me he will never delete the tweet paging Elon Musk. So this, I guess, goes against Twitter's rules for what they call dead naming. And dead naming is saying a, a transgender person's previous name. Like this is so insanely Orwellian that someone's name that everyone knew them by like a famous person like we all saw her acting in Juno you're not even allowed to acknowledge that that person has been female is still female but identified as female forever and then transitioned so they simultaneously want to be called like transgender people to be a part of like the marginalized class but you're not even supposed to acknowledge that they transitioned from anything like, oh, you're transgender. What does that mean? Oh, you can't say what that actually means. Then you're not. Th- OK, then you're just a straight white male. Then why are you getting all of this press? Like, why do people even care? So they want the oppression points from being transgender, but you can't even acknowledge that they transgendered or that they transitioned from one thing to another. You can't even acknowledge that, oh, yeah, this person used to go by Ellen Page. This person is actually a biological female. I mean, you just have to shove that right down the memory hole. And there's also another 1984 part of this. It's not just the memory hole aspect, but the elimination of language so as to minimize our thought range. Like, again, because you cannot dead name someone, because you cannot use the actual pronouns that correspond to that person's DNA, because you can't even refer to that person as what they are, you have such a limitation in your communication and your ability to even to even comprehend reality. And so you think about how kids are indoctrinated in this stuff, how they don't, they're not even going to have the mental capacity to understand what is and what is it. And that is actually all part of the plan. So Ben Shapiro posts about Dave Rubin um, getting suspended. We are all waiting to see if he gets suspended by that um, because Ben Shapiro says sarcastically that, you know, Dave Rubin, that he he got kicked off. And then he says, until five minutes ago, Elliot Page, who is very, very, very male, was a female actress named Ellen Page. And then here's and then Dave Rubin had a statement about that. So I doubt that Ben Shapiro will get kicked off. But I don't know. Jordan Peterson has a huge platform and so does Dave Rubin and they were kicked off. So that's interesting. Um, all right. I've just got one final thing to react to in talking about this whole transgender gender madness. It is so anti-truth. If you want to know what else I think about it, you can listen to the many episodes we've done in the past. We'll link some of them as well as some abortion episodes if you're curious. But let me play this awesome clip um, by Macy Gray. She was on Pierce Morgan's show and uh, she had this to say about gender. And I, I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. You feel that? I know that for a fact. I mean, that is only controversial and confusing to people who have 
replaced their brains with oatmeal. I mean, come on. That's not even like... That wouldn't even be worth playing five years ago. Like, try to explain to someone from 2010 or even, like, 2014 why this clip is controversial and why she had to backtrack because she did. She was like, I've got nothing but love for the LGBT plus community. Like, you know, basically saying that she's an ally and that her comments were taken out of context or that they were misinterpreted, which is sad that she even feels like she needs to make a statement. She's absolutely right. You don't just get to declare that you are a different gender and all of a sudden you are that thing. Come on, come on. Um, of course, she's getting shellacked for that. But I say stand strong, Macy Gray, like you are on the side of truth. What you said is true. And if it is true, it is worth saying. All right. I hope that you liked that thrown together spontaneous episode that we had for you today. Tomorrow, we've got a lot of good stuff coming for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys back here then. 